Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. All right, welcome to another episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my other co-host, Tara <laughs> Parker. How are you doing, Tara? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Well, I think we have an episode tonight that a lot of people are going to find really useful because tonight we're all we're going to talk about is resumes. resumes. And as careers go, a resume is a pretty dang important thing if you're trying to get hired somewhere. Get your popcorn out, pull a chair up. We're going to we're going to talk all about resumes tonight. We're going to break them down for you. And it's pretty important right now, right? Because we're getting coming out of that COVID pandemic. People are starting to hire. There's a bunch of talk in the media about jobs are everywhere and people need to get back out into the workforce and start pulling their weight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you have people that have exited the workforce because of COVID or you have new opportunities that have come up because now a lot of companies are doing remote work. So you can literally live wherever you want to and you're not tied to working for a company that is local to you anymore. Um, and then also the, the, you know, the economy seems to be opening up in certain segments. So, uh, different areas are hiring for different people. So, uh, I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there and, uh, and people are taking advantage of them. And this episode really is, is just about how to help you out with your resume. Now we're, we're doing this as a series. So this is the first part of a series. Right. Uh, the next episode we're going to talk about, it's going to include what you should do during the interview. So, uh, just stay tuned. We're going to have more information on that, but, uh, for now, this is all about resumes. And, uh, you know, I really thought we should do it and, and it came to light for me because, you know, I recently had to hire some people and I'm, I'm still hiring some people. So, you know, I'm kind of going through that whole process of, you know, looking at resumes. And, yeah. So and if then, you're looking for a job, contact Chris Batchelor. <laughs> well, if you, if you got the skills, <laughs> give me a call. Uh, but yeah, so we had to hire people in it and hiring is a whole process. I mean, we, we need to acknowledge that. I think that, you know, it's not just, Hey, come on, work for me. It's a, uh, well, let me look at your resume and there's all these other candidates and then you need to make sure that the skills matches the role and then there's the salary and I mean, it just goes on and on. So um, there's a lot that goes into, you know, changing jobs or getting hired. Um, but I wanted to give people kind of a perspective of what it's like to be a hiring manager because I think a lot of people, you know, they just see it from the side of the table of, of being the employee getting hired. Um, and I don't think we talk a lot about, you know, what's the experience from the hiring manager and, you know, you can really learn from that because if you listen carefully and, you know, and, and things that we're going to talk about is, you know, really will help you to cater to that hiring manager. Right. And it's good to have that perspective, right? Because so many of us come from the not hiring manager. We just don't know what to do. And it's hard to find somebody to coach you through that process. So having your perspective, I think, is going to add a lot of value to folks out there who just are kind of curious, like, what, what do hiring managers look for in those resumes? How are you supposed to construct that resume to catch the eye of the hiring manager? So I think this would be a really good, a good angle to come from. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I mean, of course, I don't know everything about this. this is just, just one perspective. Uh, but, you know, certainly I wanted to give uh, those people that are looking for a job sort of a uh, another way to look at this and, and, you know, and, and also if you're hiring people, maybe you can take away some tips on what you can do better as a manager when you're hiring somebody or what to look for in a resume. So, 
Um, so again, this is the first part of a series. We hope this is useful. Uh, really just let us know, you know, in the comments on Facebook or send us a message from, you know, from our website um, at the bottom of any episode, there's a form to contact us. Uh, but yeah, and any one of those methods, just get a hold of us. If you have any questions, we'd love to talk with you about this. And uh, with that, I think we should just kind of roll right into it. Yeah, I think so. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is really what is a resume and what's the purpose of a resume? So uh, Terry, you've, you've had a number of different jobs and, and worked on your resume to you. What's a resume to you? Basically, I think it's your first impression. That's the first thing that somebody sees about you. It's what they're going to read about you. So it's almost like a marketing flyer representing you to get attention. So it's trying to garner an audience, trying to get somebody to want to talk to you. So it's kind of a bit of your story, your professional story on a piece of paper, hopefully. But um, that's how kind of that's how I've looked at it is um, is that first impression of me. Yeah, to me, I, I think you're right. I'll, I'll add to it though as a hiring manager. Uh, from that perspective, it's, um, you know, it's the, it's the first step past the first gate, right? Um, so, if, you know, at a lot of big companies, a lot of resumes get submitted, and then they'll have somebody that goes through literally hundreds of resumes for a single position. And what they're doing is they're looking for keywords that match up with the position. So then they can send that on to the hiring manager so that, so you can get past that first filter. Right. So, right. But there's apps, they have uh, programs that do that too, for the HR department or for whatever. So there's, that's that gatekeeper that you're talking about right. too. It's there, there's programs that you got to try and weasel through. Yeah. So the gatekeeper may be electronic with a program or maybe an actual human um, although I feel really bad for that human that has to go through hundreds of resumes. I've done it. It's not fun. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but essentially to me, what a resume is, is it's a way for you, again, like you said, to communicate with that potential employer, you know, about your past experience and whether or not you may be a good fit for the role that they have. And, and this is important for a couple of reasons, I think. The first is that you don't want to get hired into a role that you're not particularly well qualified for if they're not going to train you, right? Right. Or you may not want to get into a role that's different from, you know, really what you're currently capable of or, or one that you really want to do, right? One of the hardest things, I think, is just taking a job just to take a job, not one that you feel will develop you career-wise. So, you know, sometimes people have to do that, and that's just a thing you know, that, that people have to deal with. But, you know, if you can find a job that really matches, you know, the skill sets that you have or the skill sets that you want to develop, then that's really critical. And, and the way that we make sure that you, you know, the first sort of the first look is through this resume. And so I really advise you to not sort of over inflate your resume or hyper inflate your resume. <laughs> um, you know, this isn't a chronicle of fishing stories, right? Where every, every 10 years, the fish get longer and bigger, <laughs> right? It should be an accurate representation of kind of who you are and what you've done. Um, now, obviously, there's a little bit of marketing polish that goes into there and that sort of thing. But but overall, I think it, it should be a fairly accurate representation or it should be a, an accurate representation right. of, of who you are um, and, and maybe a little bit about where you want to go. Yeah. So where do you think when you start off a resume, Chris, where do you think you start that resume off with? And, and how do you get that flow going so that it represents you well? What do you what do you and what you've seen? Because you've seen surely hundreds of resumes. And so you've turned down hundreds. What is it that catches your eye about that resume? You know, when I first look at a resume, the thing that I look for is, can I understand it quickly? Right? Because I, I get a lot of resumes for a position and I'm not going to spend, you know, a whole bunch of time reading your resume at the first pass. You know, if I get ready to maybe ask you for an interview, I'm going to read your resume in more detail. 
But that first pass, you're getting, you know, maybe 60 seconds uh, to kind of yeah, cruise through. Yeah, I've heard that too. 30 to 60 seconds. So do, do you focus on, is your first pass including the, what is that, the objective sentence and then going into the um, the experience and the details of those experience? Or what do you, what's, where's that first pass for you at? Honestly, for me, my method, and, and again, everybody's method is going to be different, right. but my method for me is just from top to bottom. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start at the top. I'm going to roll down to the bottom. And it's going to take me, you know, about 30 seconds to a minute to do that. And, and that's going to help me understand, you know, is this person qualified? Is they even come close to matching uh, the experience that I'm looking for? Because, you know, sometimes the systems will kick through a resume with this person's like, not even anywhere in the same universe as what you're looking to hire. Right? <laughs> I was just going to ask you, have you had one of those where it's like, how did this get through? Like, what is this? Y yeah. I mean, it happens all the time and you know, it's, it's just, you know, something we have to deal with. So you yeah. kind of sort of for, for what I do is I sort of sort them into two piles, like definitely knows <laughs> and then maybes. Right. Right. And then I, I'll go through the maybe pile and, and go through that in a little more detail. But uh, certainly that, that first impression is critical so that rolls right into something that I wanted to talk about, which was format. And there's really two categories of formats that you can make a resume in. And that the first one is a very basic format where it's, you know, a Word document and very clear and, you know, text fonts. And, and you know, it's just a basic piece of paper, right? Um, and the other one is sort of the fancy, right? Now, we've you know, we've seen different versions of this, but some of them may include a picture. You can have different colors on it. And, and, you know, which one of these formats you pick really, I think, depends on the, you know, the job that you're applying for. Right. Um, you know, if you're going for a professional office job uh, that doesn't require a lot of creativity, then, you know, probably your basic format's probably just fine. Yeah, easy right? going. Yeah. And yeah. in some ways, the basic format can be advantageous um, at times because it is, you know, clear and simple and clean. Right. Now, that being said, if you're going for a graphic designer job or maybe a creative director job, you know, having a resume that looks like it rolled off, you know, a 1957 typewriter probably isn't going to get you. <laughs> you're not representing yourself very well, then are you? Right. I mean, you know, what you're tr the field that you're getting into is, is, you know, got certain expectations, right? right? You know, so I do engineering hiring, so I'm not ex necessarily expecting, you know, fancy uh You're looking for resumes. technical there. I'm looking for technical experience. But yeah. now, however, I will say, even at the professional level, if somebody has a very nicely formatted resume... And it looks professional and it, and it you know, it has good colors and, and the fonts are easy to read. That certainly is a bonus. So um, it's something that's not overwhelming visually. Correct. Yeah. There's perfectly a, there, balanced. There's definitely a fine line between being too much and, and not enough or, you know, and, and just, so mm -hmm. again, if you're going to do a fancy resume, try and keep it as plain and simple as possible. You know, try and, there's tons of templates out there now. Go. There is. Well, and it's funny you should mention how your resume should be formatted to the industry that you are working in, right? And so to um, that point, to give you a really good example, is I have a friend of mine, he and his wife were working on their resumes. They happen to be on the East Coast. And you kind of take that into consideration too, right? Because the East and West Coast is a little different than what's going on in the Midwest, which is where we're at. But his job was not, it was, it was people facing, because it's training. His wife's job was beautician work. She was a hairdresser. His resume had his picture on it and hers did not. And when I questioned, I challenged him, like, why doesn't she have hers on there? She's a hairdresser. And he's like, 
oh my God, neither one of us thought of that. And like, but you thought yeah. of yours on the training one. He's like, right. oh, that makes more sense though. Like they're, that's, she's in her own advertisement because she's in the beauty field. Absolutely. Not that she's beautiful, but her, and I, when he showed me a picture of her, I'm like, that would be a great photo. It's very, you know, polished and clean. And, you know, she looks like she knows what she's doing. And so to your point, you, you really do need to understand if that resume fits the job description. You don't want anything like pretty flowers and colors and yeah, hot pink right. and neon. You, and, you remember when emails had all those like crazy oh my graphics and people that put, people put weird backgrounds and stuff that you couldn't read the font? Like Oh, there's people where yeah. I work that have a stationary background to their outlook, just, their professional email. Like, wait, we put that away. Just, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't meet brand standards, by the way. No, but, it doesn't. <laughs> Just, but yeah, but you know, leave all that fancy stuff behind. So to me, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to really think about the format of your resume, you know, it, it should be either pretty basic or plain, or it should be, you know, we'll put it in the fancy category, but it should be plain fancy, maybe. Well, professional, professional looking. Professional fancy, right? Yeah, remember, that um, you're trying to be a professional. If you are applying for a job that is asking for a resume, you're a professional. Right. That's, it, just boil it down to that. That's all there is to it. So that's the first tip that I have is keep it, you know, keep it basic, um, but make sure your format, your, you know, your format is congruent to whatever industry you're in. Um, so really think about how that, how that plays in together. Um, so the second tip that I have for everybody is make sure your resume is one page. Okay. So I've heard very, I've heard debates and different things. I've heard, let's go two pages. And I, I've worked with somebody who's a professional resume writer and they, they told me, and they are, they're actually a headhunter. So they do the resume thing too. And they said one, one page. Like if you have to go to, okay, but it better be really, really good information. Like you can't live without any of that stuff. But one page is what she said too. Yeah. I mean, and I'd even challenge the two pages. If you can't get in the relevant experience in one page, then you have a problem communicating your best <laughs> skills, right? You may have a lot best of skills, skills. That's it. Best skills. But you skills. need to communicate your yes. best skills. Okay. And nobody has two pages of best skills. I'm sorry. Well, you, in a resume, you're not trying to, you're not trying to capture every single little thing you did. And that's just it. it we're talking about your top 10, your best skills, your best experience, right? I mean, you know, if you, if it takes you two pages to get that all across, you're not concentrating enough on the skills that you're are going to be important hard. to, right. You're trying too hard. Um, you know, but certainly you're not, you're not concentrating your skills on, on whatever the Yeah, I need to is. be a little bit focused. You want them to call you. You don't want to give everything away in that first, in that resume. You want them to want to talk to you and get more and like, what else can, you've got these great skills. What else can you do is what that resume is supposed to do, right? Yeah. You certainly want to have some nuggets held back to talk about in the interview, um, and we'll talk about that in the next episode, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really big on one page. I mean, I've had, I've had people apply for positions that are multiple pages. And, and I'm wow. going to tell you that by the time you get to page two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight, and yes, I've had resumes I... that have that, that are that long. Wow. You, you have, you, I mean, you're going to skim through those pages, but you're, you're not going to read all that stuff. I mean, no, uh, it, it, there's no value to it. Right. I mean, by the time you get six pages in, there, there's six really, pages. Oh my gosh. There's really, I mean, you're going to listen to this person's life story. Now, that being said, um, you know, there is the CV, which is sort of a, a it's different It's a curriculum thing. vitae. It's right. very different. And you can talk a little bit about that because yeah. you have experience with that. But that's not a resume. No, it's not. It's very different. So with the curriculum vitae, that's literally breaking down your educational experience. It's 
what what you've learned at a um, the theoretical level that's we're breaking down your coursework and what you've learned in class and how that's applied to the positions that you've held so the two that when you've at, when you're asked for a resume in a curriculum vitae it's because they go together they're they're married up through you and so a lot of people don't realize that but if you are in the if you're in academia you have to present a curriculum vitae if you are a lot of accountants have to as well um, so those kinds of roles are where those curriculum vitae, because it proves you've done XYZ courses, you did very well, because they'll ask you for your grade point average on top of that. But that's what that's about. And it's, and if you've been scared to fill one out, if you look at the CV, or you look at curriculum vitae, and it scares you, then you probably don't need one. Like, right. you, you'll well, know if you need one. So yeah, CVs are, are for sp- certain circumstances, mostly in academia, right? Yes. Is my understanding. Yes. And, uh, and, and uh, but I think a lot of HR Places are a lot of HR personnel or, or directors or managers or whatever, you know, HR people, I guess we'll call them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of HR people actually get those terms mixed up because I think they sometimes use uh, a CV and a resume interchangeably. And what they really want is a resume and they put CV on there and then that confuses everybody, right? right? So that would be um, your newbie. If you, if you get that request from an HR representative, they're probably still new to their position. They haven't quite figured it out. But like you said, there are legitimate cases where they they do need that. So, I mean, be aware of your industry, but if you're in an industry where a CV is not usually required and you have an HR person, you ask you for that to apply for a position or something, you may want to double check with them and say, you really want a one page resume, right? And they'll probably go, yeah. Well, if they don't, then you've probably done something to your own resume and inflated it just enough. enough. That's so always clarify. Do you really want that? And don't ask why, but just clear, confirm. Is that what you really want? And the, I mean, the other thing is when you're looking at resumes, you know, you're kind of your little red flags go off in your head. If you've got two years of experience and you have a six page resume, then we're kind of, questioning already your integrity, right? Right. And did, did they really do all these things? And you may have done those things, but... Uh, well, I think yeah. that kind of brings up the question, though, and I think some people may be saying, well, hey, I've got 20 years of experience between 10 different roles. How do I represent all those roles? You're not supposed to, right? You don't have to represent 20 years of experience between 10 roles. Right. You and can you can shave that down. Yeah, and we'll, we'll roll into that in a little bit of detail here coming up. But uh, I want to roll on to now, what should you have on your resume? What yeah. should the content be? Um, and so at the very top, at, at the very minimum, you should have your name, your name. <laughs> address, phone number, and email. So the address, so I actually changed up my resume because I update mine every three to six months just because... Um, that's I, I've learned to do that. I learned through one of my previous um, bosses that I need to keep up with it because when if God forbid something happens, you never know. You've got it ready to go. But I took my address off of mine, and because it's like you're not sending me anything. People use phone and email, so I found it. And I when talking to this headhunter, they're like, "Yeah, that's." It doesn't matter. So I don't know. Does that matter? Especially uh, with the remote work being such yeah, a big thing I, now. I think I think that's situational, right? I mean, if I'm hiring somebody that I'm going to expect to be in the office. Well, if you're a cop or a doctor or something right, like that, probably so, yeah, yes. Yeah, I've got to chase down, is this person really local or are they, <laughs> right. are they not local? But maybe that doesn't matter, right? Because they would intend to move. So yeah. I, I don't know. I guess, I you know, resume, having your address on there you know, I guess is optional, right? Maybe, is that yeah. what we're saying? Yeah, um, I think so. But uh, definitely have your name. I had... Contact a, information. <laughs> I had, uh, no kidding, a resume come through before without a name on it. 
And without so, a name. You know, our, our system, you know, has the name of the person on it, but then you go download all these resumes and you dump them into a folder and you start going through them. Oh, And then you no. get to one that doesn't have a name on it. And it's like, okay, now I've got to play this game to figure out like which person <laughs> it was that didn't put their name on the resume. Can you imagine? Yeah. I, I, it's like turning your test in when you're a kid and not putting your name on it. So definitely have your name at the top of the resume. We the can all agree <laughs> At very minimum, you got to have a name on a resume because after all, you are sort of you know advertising <laughs> yourself, right? Chris, there's somebody out there listening right now that's like, oh my gosh, that was me. No, I, oh my God. Somebody right now is realizing they don't have their name on there because you pointed that out to them. Well, so definitely have your name on it. And and it could be that the formatting got messed up or something, but I, I don't know. It, it just, it looked to me like it was, it was <laughs> that missing goes back some to, information. That goes so. to probably what your last point will be is to proof it, right? To go definitely, back Definitely, definitely proof it. That, that, that goes without saying. And, um, uh, well, no, if you had to point out the first and last name, then it goes with saying to prove right. it. But uh, definitely have your name on it. it. Your name should be in the top, you know, say two inches of the paper. Um, and it should be easy to read. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we talked about format a little bit. I want to talk about fonts a little bit after this, but um, but definitely for content, you should have your name on it for sure. And some way to contact you, whether that's a phone number or an email or both, that's fine. Um, but anyhow, definitely make sure you have that information on there. Because again, when we're going through these resumes, it's really common uh, for the hiring manager to download a bunch of these things, dump them in a folder, you know, That's and then good. go through them I can't, see, together, I've seen so. in the couple of positions I've had where I was a hiring manager... I never saw one without a name. I've seen some pretty interesting ones, but I had that's a new one on there. Yeah, and, and I think it's still common for resumes to get printed out as, as, as hard copy. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've passed on resumes to other managers saying, hey, I know you have this position and this person might be a good fit and you go leave it on their desk, right? So, so that really does happen because I know several people out there have heard, you're not the right person for this, but... I oh, know no, somebody it, that it, it totally happens. I mean, that's, that's, you know, a, that's reassuring. I think to a lot of people, yeah, out I there. mean, you know, I think, I think a lot of managers realize that if they find good talent, they, you know, they're need to get they it. They want to bring that talent in for the benefit of the company. Now that's not to say that that happens everywhere, but, no, but I have but... seen it. I have seen it happen. You know, that being said, you know, so again, make sure your resume is printable. And has a name right. on it. And has a name has on a it. Name. Uh, and contact information. We don't want to snoop through social media after you. Right. So so don't always assume that your resume is going to stay attached to that electronic <laughs> file when you submit it to yeah. the company through you know one of these services. So, but yeah, definitely have your name on it. So I want to talk about the different sections that you have in your resume because there seems to be, um, let's just say, a lot of creative liberties that have uh, happened with the resume format over time. I like your PC-ness there. Uh, <laughs> creative it's, liberties. Uh, it, it's certainly been interesting to see the different heading sections that people put on and the kinds of information that people put in these days. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever you put on your resume is great. It's on you. I'm not here to give you any sort of like strategy tips because it varies so much from industry to industry. But what I am going to say is there's really a couple of things that are consistent throughout every industry, right? Um, the first one is going to be, what is your experience? Mm -hmm. And the second one is, what is your education, right? So I think you'll find those two sections on pretty much any resume for any industry. Right. I agree. And, uh, you know, even if the position only requires a high school degree or, you know, high school diploma, then you're still going to want to have that information on there, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but there are going to be maybe, you know, some jobs that don't require, you know, a high school diploma. Uh, but I think you're getting into those jobs that don't require resumes anyhow. Right. right. Yeah. So, you know, at minimum, have your experience and have your education. Any other 
you know, sort of section that you have on your resume to me is really kind of optional. Right. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Um, well, in working with the, the headhunter that I did to, to kind of gain some education on my resume, right? Because you think you know what you're doing and you have one for years and years and you kind of have to modernize your, your resume. I did find that some of the, uh, there was a new section that you can have on there and I chose to, I opted for it because these are some of my strengths. And it was um, the personality section. Okay. So like the skills, you have your skills, right? And you can add all your technical skills in there or your administrative skills. But the personality and people are like, what well, does that mean? I'm charming. I'm charismatic. Yeah, you can put that on there. But uh, mental strength was one. Emotional intelligence was another okay, that's one. that's a good one. Um, charismatic or influential. Those things that make you good at your, your job, your soft skills is what they are. And that's a great way to separate the soft skills from the technical skills or the hard skills is having that personality section. And so, um, and I kind of pass that resume around to kind of get, you know, you put feelers out there with your friends, like right, my professional sure. friends. Cause I, I wanted to see what they thought and they're like, everybody thought, well, that's really cool. Little different. Um, cause you almost have to put yourself out there. It's a little bit of a vulnerability oh, yeah. um, issue there, but um, I think because it was so much going on out there, you really have to set yourself apart somehow and knowing that you've got some thick skin and you can handle other people's maybe different dispositions and lifestyles and different choices that they make. It's good to know that you can handle and you're agile. That was another one on there is, is um, being, being agile. So, um, so that's, I think that's a, that, that was an optional one that I liked and it fit well on my resume. Um, it, it just flows very well, I think. So that's one. Um, but I think it's hard to fit that stuff on there because everybody wants to go just bullet point, bullet point, right. bullet point. But, you know, certainly, I mean, the engineer in me, if you put something about what your personality is, I'm kind of going to be half skeptical about it. So make sure whatever <laughs> you put in there matches, not just what you think the hiring manager wants yeah, to hear. Some of the other sections that you may find now on a resume that are common uh, skills, some form of skills is popular. And I think that's good to have because then you can sort of summarize just the high level things that you're good at. Uh, certificates is another one. Great one, especially um, if you're in the IT field. That's a must have in the IT de field. Yeah, definitely if you're in a field that has lots of certificates or, yes. or you know, other training besides degrees, and that's a good one to have. Um, awards or industry recognition that you have. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's interesting to put your hobbies on there or maybe some things that you're passionate about. Yep. Um, so th those are all sort of different kinds of uh, sections that you can put on there. But I will have emphasize that's not the main course, right? The main course is your education and your, your experience, experience, right? So make sure that you use these like sparingly like salt and pepper because if you dump too much salt in your food it's going to taste gross uh, <laughs> so do the same thing with your resume make sure that these other uh, categories are, are very you know sparingly used where it makes sense so do you have references on there as one of your sections as um, an optional or I, I as required seen, i have seen references I, I just think that depends on the industry and then the mm -hmm. standard practice of the position so you really need to know your for. audience then yeah i think so and you know my thing is if if we want references we're going to ask you for them um, so well, I'm, I, I, I'm seeing both. I'm hearing both. Right. And, but again, I think that's in, in, can, in reflecting back on those conversations I've had, I think you're totally on point that it's, it's a industry base. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, the, the engineer in me says, if I put three people on my resume that I put down as a reference, 
I'm only going to put the three best people that are going to talk <laughs> best about me, right? The ones you've paid uh, off already? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I'm fully expecting if I call somebody's reference on a resume that I'm going to get some sort of glowing, you know, oh, they're so wonderful and they're great and they're very capable right. and all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, that's the person, you know, has strategically picked those people out to give them the, the best. So, and it's funny you mentioned that because the, the references on mine are individuals that I met through work that I've carried on to have... Um, personal relationships with. And so they can speak to me from both sides. And that's something that for my resume, for where my resume would sit as far as industries go, that works. But to your point, to an engineer, you probably don't care. You want to know what they know, their technical side, right? Or, you know, show me the facts, right? And (laughs) calling some random person and asking about some other random person is not anywhere near a fact. It can't be fun either. And (laughs) I've, and I've, have you been one of those reference calls before? I have. And, and, you know, you always, you always want to show the person the best light you can because, you know, unless <laughs> they did you wrong, and then that's your chance to like get them back or something. <laughs> they, but they listed me as a what? Yes, let me tell you all. Let, let me tell you about. <laughs> let <Tara. laughs> me help you understand this person. <laughs> yeah, no, I pick I, your I, references wisely. I sort of never see the value in those reference things. I mean, there is value in references, but not references that somebody gives you. Um, if you can find out that this person, you know, knows somebody, and you can go ask them, sort of, you know discreetly about, Hey, you know, do you know this person? What are they like? You know, that kind of thing. So when you have called reference, that's more valuable than calling some random person that, you know, was listed as a reference. So when you, when you have called reference, anyways, it's probably more on the interview side of things, but when you have called references, are you looking for technical or personality? What are you looking for when you make those calls? Yeah. I I mean, it just depends on the position, right? Um, So, I mean, I think that's highly dependent on what you're going to be asking that person to do, but yeah, let's, let's put a, you know, let's put that in the parking lot and and talk (laughs) about that in the next episode. All right. Uh, So back on sections, definitely want to talk about non-relevant information because like we said, a six page resume is not cool. Don't, don't do a six page resume. I can't imagine seeing one of those. That's amazing to me. Now I want to see one. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, you know, previously, you know, multi-page resume not 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 so great uh, doesn't give the best impression. So what you want to do is, you know, definitely drop off the non-relevant information from your resume. And so again, your resume is your spotlight. You're showing the best of the best of the best. Okay. So for instance, I worked at Little Caesars Pizza growing up in high school. Aww. That's how I paid for my pilot's license. Um, you know, I'd basically, you know, work for two weeks and go fly for one hour. God, you've been a pilot forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, that was the way, the way it was back in the day. You kind of worked your butt off and then you, you spent all your money and then you went and you worked your butt off again. Right. <laughs> uh, but again, I don't have my little Caesars job on my resume because, Aww, you know, as so a, cute though. right. See, <laughs> but you know, as, as an engineer, it's not relevant to, you know, that I could spread the dough out and put them in the pans. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, it was a great high school job, but it has no relevancy on, on how I can manage people or, you know, do engineering tasks. And so, just because it was your favorite job doesn't mean it should be on the resume. Well, I don't know about favorite. But... I was trying to throw something out there. Work with me here. <laughs> yeah. It was a it's... lot of long, long late hours. So. I can't, can't even imagine. Uh, but yeah, so definitely drop off non-relevant information. And one thing that I actually do on my resume, and I don't... I don't know if anybody else does this, but I actually drop off. So my, you know, the, my most recent experience is the one that I have the most detail on. And as the positions get further and further away, I will drop detail off of those positions to the point where, you know, my top job may have five bullet points. I may have three bullet points on the next one. 
And then the jobs under that, I may have only one bullet point. And then there's several jobs on there that are relevant to my experience, but I don't have any bullet points because again, we're dropping off that information that isn't relevant. Well, um, that way you can so, get a, more years of experience, especially right. if it's industry, um, industry focused. So for somebody in engineering or IT or uh, medical, that would be a really great, great, because obviously you're gonna be doing some similar things over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think one thing that an employer looks for is gaps in employment, right? right. So you know, being able to drop that non-relevant information off gives you the chance to show that you don't have gaps in employment, or if you do, that you can explain it, you know, and, and definitely uh, it, it helps shorten it up, right? Right. Uh, so definitely drop off non-relevant information. And, and we'll get into another tip that I have, which is really to write different resumes for different positions to sort of do targeting. But for now, let's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But definitely drop off old jobs or, or jobs that are not relevant. But, you know, but again, if you need to show continuous employment, you know, it's probably okay to keep those jobs that are not relevant. So, you know, use your best judgment here. It really depends on the industry and what the expectations are of right. the industry that you're in. So, Agreed. All right. So I wanted to roll into some writing tips because, you know, writing resumes is definitely a unique skill. <laughs> uh, it, it's something that kind of drives me bonkers. It's because stressful. It is stressful. And, and I think a lot of people are, are somewhat modest and they don't, you know, really well, know how to present themselves in the best right. fashion, right? That's where you kind of recognize I have imposter syndrome because I'm not willing to, to own up to the good things, right? Or right. I did, the, you know, it's it definitely makes you really reflect on how good you really are or not, depending on what side of that scale you're on. But that's, I always find difficulty writing my resume thinking, did I really do that? Or am I taking credit when I shouldn't have, like... You know, and I, so it's it's stressful. It's just hard to put into words and then back those words up with your confidence. Absolutely. So the first tip I have on writing is sometimes less is more. Take out the flowery language. You know, I mean, strike out the unnecessary stuff. If you have extra verbs in there or, you know, you you, you take two sentences to say something that you could have said in one, definitely just, just get to the point and say it in one. Because as a, as a ma- hiring manager, we're reading resumes when we start to read all the flowery language, at least for me as an engineer, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm done, right? <laughs> right? So to help help the person that's reading your resume stay engaged, be succinct, be to the point, um, and, you know, and just cut out all of the fancy flowery stuff that, you know, especially if there's language in there that kind of, you know, takes something and tries to elevate you to a non, uh, you know, to a nonsensical position, um, you know, just, just take it out, you know? Um, so sometimes less is more. In fact, sometimes you can write your resume and if you can strike actual words out in the sentences and the sentence still makes sense, and those were extra words that you don't need. Right. Uh, so right. sometimes it can be helpful to print your resume out and actually take pen to paper. But that's my first writing tip is sometimes less is more. The next writing tip I have is no paragraphs, no paragraphs at all. Oh, it should be no. all bullet points because I mean, I have seen resumes where you get giant paragraphs of text and, and again, we're reading a lot of these resumes. And so when we're, when we're presented with a giant paragraph, uh, there's a lot less motivation there to read it in right. detail, let's say. Well, the paragraph should belong on the cover letter. That's where your paragraphs go, well, not on I, the resume. I think we may disagree on that a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about, we've got covers <laughs> letters coming up. So, 
Um, the next thing I want to, the next tip I have for you, is called the primacy effect. And this is a real psychological thing. You can read up on it, look it up, whatever. But basically you want to lead with your accomplishments because that's the thing that's going to be most remembered. So if you have, you know, uh, dollars that you have, you know, can, can, you know, brag on, then definitely put those in the first third of the sentence. You know, if there's metrics that you can use to, to, you know, help get your point across, there's metrics, or if there's good, you know, an accomplishment, try and put that in the first third of the sentence. So that primacy effect is really important. That catches the eye then, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The next uh, tip I have here is, uh, you know, really no more than three to five bullets under each, uh, each heading, right? So if you have a job, you should be able to describe what you did in that job in, in three to five bullets. Now, I know a lot of us wear like 25 different hats at work. And if we were really to describe out everything we did at work, then we would have resumes that are 100 pages long. Right? Well, it wouldn't be believable either at that point, right? Like well, you, you want it to be reasonably. Yeah, I mean, you. but again, you're targeting. This is all about targeting the information for the position that you're trying to get. So uh, keep it short, keep it brief, keep it to the point, and, and really show that you can communicate you know, the most important information. The next tip I have is is one that, um, you know, is to not do it yourself. If you really have difficulty with this stuff, you know, hire a professional resume writer. Um, They're really easy to find now. They're all over LinkedIn. You can do Google searches and and find them. Um, But find one that's in your industry that, that recognizes your industry and has worked in your industry. And then, you know basically I would recommend that you do a little bit of an interview process and, and see some of their work and see if, if you like what they do. Uh, because certainly resume writers can take your resume and give you back something that you don't understand. Um, yeah. And you need to be able to explain everything on your resume. So, uh, but, but certainly the tip here is if you're really having a difficult time, then, then hire a professional resume writer and, and let them do some of the heavy lifting for well, you. Well, yeah, and it's kind of to add on to that a little bit of a pro tip, there's uh, headhunters out there, and they do, there's some headhunters that are out there just hiring for companies randomly, and there are those that are very much focused on a specific industry. They'll, if they're, and they're paid by commission by the employer, and so they're willing to look at your resume, and if it's within their industry, right, um, and they can help edit that resume for you, and so they are just there. It's another way to go if you if you're not sure how to hire somebody to do it or you don't have the money to because it resume writing can get kind of pricey for some people, I think. But headhunters are a really great way to go with the resume writing because they want you to get hired. So they're right. going to make sure that your resume reads and flows the way that the employers who they happen to know and they've interviewed, they've vetted those employers, they can help match that stuff up much better if you're just not sure you can't afford a resume writer. Prices for resume writing is certainly all over the board, and it and it depends on you know if you're going for an executive position versus you know mid level position or you know you may have a difference in price there. Yeah. Um, but what I've seen is typically you know the resume writers are charges somewhere from a hundred to a couple hundred bucks to kind of spruce up a resume that you already have. You may pay more if you're kind of starting from scratch. Um, you know, but, but certainly if they want several thousand dollars, you may want to take a step back and, <laughs> and ask yourself what, what value they're going to add. Um, and they may, they may add value that would make sense. So it, it's all situational. The last tip I have on writing is to make targeted versions of your resume. And certainly if you're applying for different types of jobs, right? So one thing that I look for when I get a resume is, does this resume make sense for the position that I'm hiring for? You know, and if I get somebody, if I'm hiring for an engineer and I get an accountant's resume, then I know that that person is really just sending their resume out to, you know, wherever, wherever they can to try and catch a fish. Right. Because 
they'll get lucky sometimes. But uh, certainly if there's a position that you're really interested in, spend the extra time to, to really tailor your resume specific to that position. Yep, agreed. And yeah, that, that definitely takes more time, but it, but it is certainly worth it. Um, especially if there's a specific company or a specific position. That well, you're and we're at. in the digital age now, so you can actually have multiple copies of your resume, multiple versions of your resume. So you can instantly just keep straight how you've like, don't clearly label it. It's for this job and it's for the, you know, figure out a system for labeling it and naming it in the file. But you should have more than one version of your resume to, to pass out, especially if you're in an industry like where I'm at, I can kind of go anywhere I want to. Um, and so I have to be very careful with how I present my resume. Yeah, and then the, the bonus content tip that I have is when you're naming your file, put your name in the file <laughs> name. Please. Um, because again, these resumes get downloaded to one folder. There's a bunch of people in there. And if it just says resume five or something, then <laughs> you know we don't know who that is until we physically open it up. So yes. um, you know, again, that, what you're trying to do is you want to make it e as easy as you can for that hiring manager to not give them any excuses to put you in the no pile. Right? Exactly. Yes. That's really, that's really what you're trying to do with the resume. Um, all right. So let's, we've talked a lot about resumes. Let's roll into cover letters and what a cover letter is and really what should be on it. So, you know, a cover letter really to me comes back from the old days, you know, and it's, it's kind of the days when we had paper everywhere and typewriters. And when you wanted to apply for a position, you wrote a cover letter and you sometimes physically mailed that to the company and then they would open the letter and put your stack in, you know, your letter in the stack with all the other, you know, letters and, and resumes. Right. And, and you got to think about it from the context of, you know, back in the day, you know, we're thinking like 60s, 70s, 80s, um, you would have these stacks of papers. And if you didn't have a cover letter on your resume, they really wouldn't know what position you're applying for. Right. So this goes back to the old days of, uh, you know, hey, here's a thing that I can attach to my resume that gives you some more context about what I'm trying to do here. To me, that's really where the cover letter came from. I kind of question its usefulness in, in today's age with all of our computer systems because, you know, I, I log into our system and I'll see everybody that's applied for a specific position. I obviously know that you're trying to go for this specific right. position because it's, it's attached, right? Yeah. It's not like the old days where you had a hundred resumes in a stack and you weren't sure which one was applying for which position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, I know that in a lot of HR professionals that I've spoken to say they don't even look at the cover letter anymore for the very thing that you stated The the, uh, the program will do it for them. It'll tell them what the position is that these people are applying for. You don't need the cover letter. Everything they need is in the resume. And so I've been told to knock off the cover letter in previous yeah, I mean, applications. The, these days, it's just really redundant information. But if you do decide you want to do a cover letter, and there are people that do cover letters, and that's just fine. Um, if you do do your cover letter, personalize it for that position. At least at a minimum, put the name of the position as it appears on whatever service that they're, you know, they, they right. used to put out there. The exact name and the exact hiring you know, whatever identifying number that they have attached to this thing, because they'll have a position number, a requisition number, yeah, some sort of identifying information that sort of ties this back to something in their system. So if you are going to do a cover letter, that's probably the most important thing to put on your cover letter. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you just wrote a cover letter that said, hi, I want job, you know, blah, blah, and number, blah, blah, period. Thanks, John Doe or John Deere, right. whatever. I mean, that, that would be the simplest form of a cover letter. Um, but definitely make sure you have the position name and the position requisition number, whatever identifying number they have. Make sure you have that in your cover letter. 
Um, and so the next uh, bit of uh, advice that I have for you on cover letters is to give it your elevator pitch and not your life story. Again, you, you mentioned paragraphs in a cover letter. I, Let I'm me like, clarify. Three sentences to the paragraph. Okay. Three. That, that three sentences is, 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 is I can swallow that. Right? Right? that. That's livable. I don't want a novel. I want right. three sentences, three bullet points, three sentences closed. Yeah. That is I what mean, that if, is. If your cover letter shows up and it's 35 pages long, oh my word. that's this not is... a cover letter. That's a novella. That's for that, yeah, as I say, that's for your publisher. That right. is not for your employer. Yeah. So, you know, again, keep it brief just show your best information, you know, show your elevator pitch and your elevator pitch again is one or two sentences. You should be able to say why you want that position mm -hmm. and why it's relevant. Um, you know, again, keep it short, sweet and simple. So exactly. Um, all right. So you've got your resume written, you've got your cover letter written, or maybe you don't have your cover letter written. Um, next thing you have to do is you have to actually submit your resume because if you don't submit your resume, you're never going to get a job. I can, <laughs> yeah. well, maybe not never, but, uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be what you re want. <laughs> reduce your chances of getting a position if you never give it to anybody. Right. So the first tip I have on submitting your resume is submit only one version of your resume. Because I've seen a lot of people who, you know, now these systems will allow you to attach multiple files uh, in, the, in the system when you apply for a position. Um, if you submit four or five versions of your resume. You're kidding. Uh, then, you know. You have not seen this. No, <laughs> have, I have. I mean, you it's, have not it's, seen actually, this. it's actually really common. You're kidding. Um, Is it like, uh, which, which skill do you I, want I would from say, me? I'll show you whichever you want. I would say over 50% of the positions I've looked at recently have had more than one version wow. of the resume. Wow. Do people just forget that they've applied, but they're. Uh, you know, I think, I think what happens is these systems allow you to attach multiple documents within the system. Right, and yeah. then when you go apply for it, it's let you check the box on which you know oh, resumes you all want. Of, oh. I think people just go check all of them and then you know it comes up on the back end and we're like okay which one of these do I look at <laughs> right because you're almost like if this skill set doesn't work for you I how about this skill set well oh, how about this one how about you like it's like again we're, we're going for speed here you want right? to you want to impress the manager that you can be succinct and, and get to the point it's like speed dating it's 30 seconds go and the best yeah, one I mean, wins out of the night right I mean you well not quite like speed dating but <laughs> you, you definitely have a limited amount of time to get your skills in front of that hiring manager yes and, and when, uh, you know, I, and psychologically, when I pull up a position, I see somebody's got like six different versions of their resume. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to go through all this. You know, it's kind of a downer. So oh my goodness. Uh, definitely uh, only one version of your resume. And like you said, keep it straight about which versions for which position. Um, and I'm not saying you have to write a different version for each specific job, but if you're going to be an engineer or you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer, I mean, there's different specialties within those disciplines. Yes. You may have a couple different versions of your resume, depending on if you're a corporate lawyer or a family lawyer or, you know, malpractice attorney or something like that. So definitely have different versions of your resume that, are, that is tailored to the specific niche uh, that you're trying to get into. Right. So, or maybe that you're already in, yeah. right? Um, okay. The next tip that I have is, only submit a PDF copy of your resume because we see a lot of resumes that come through as Microsoft Word, and that's fine. Most of the world uses Microsoft Word, or, or if they don't use Word, they can open Microsoft Word, which is great. The problem is that Microsoft Word is an editable file format. Where Microsoft is a very editable format, PDFs are a little less editable. But one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that PDFs will look a lot more consistent across different computers and different systems. So Microsoft Office, if you use some weird wacky font in Office, 
and I go to up open it in my office computer, which doesn't have a very big variety of fonts, by the way, <laughs> um, it's going to make a substitution to whatever font it feels like or whichever one it thinks is closest. And I can guarantee you that your resume is not going to look like you intended it to. However, if you print it in Adobe Acrobat, then it's going to embed those fonts uh, if you click the right options. And then when you go open that, uh, that document up on another system, then it's going to look the way that you intended it to. And I think most systems, when you're talking about the uh, those um, those programs, those HR programs that where you said it says you know load your resume and it fills in stuff for you, right? right. The PDFs do a lot better unless it specifically asks for Word. PDFs do that so much better than anything else. I think is is my understanding, and that's what HR is actually HR departments prefer that too is the PDF format because it's consistent, it's set, and it can't be messed with, and yeah. it's just an easier one to work with all the way around. Yep. So definitely, uh, if you can attach a PDF copy, and if you don't know, uh, just Google or or you know Yahoo. I don't know whatever you know search engine you use these <laughs> days. Uh, you know, go out on the webs there and and try and find a video that'll show you how to make a PDF. A lot of programs have it built into the print area where you can go print. Sometimes it'll say export. Um, and there's also certain little programs you can download that'll help you take a Word file or some other document and turn it into a PDF. So uh, definitely do the PDF route if you can. Um, if you don't know how to do a PDF route, then certainly spend some time on the web or, or you know, ask somebody um, how to do that. So uh, that's, that's uh, my second tip on submitting resumes is submit a PDF copy. Um, the next one I have for you is to type all your information in the system. A lot of these companies now, they'll ask you for resume and then it's really aggravating because they'll say, tell us what college you went to and you'll have to put all this information in again. You're like, dude, it's all on my resume, yes. <laughs> right? Um, but, but there are some hiring managers that don't really look at the resumes as much. They'll go look at the information that's in the system. So if you don't put that information in the system, it could be that you, you know, one of these managers that doesn't look at resumes is going to look at your information. It's going to be blank. And so again, you may not have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to get that information to the point. hiring manager. Um, the other thing is these systems are set up as giant databases and now uh, hiring managers can do searches on specific talents or skills that they're looking for. So uh, definitely get your information in the system. Some companies, I think, utilize it that way and some companies don't, but you never know. And it, it may be another opportunity that you have come down the road, um, you know, and then it, all it took was a couple of minutes for you to put your information in the system. So uh, definitely do that if, if you can. Um, the next uh, tip that I have for people is to follow instructions when submitting your resume. Be, pay very close attention to what they ask you to do because some of these systems are better than others and some of them are a lot harder to follow than others. Yeah. Um, yes. But certainly follow the instructions and that way you'll be sure that your information will come across how you intend it. And uh, the, the next tip I have, you know, if you know somebody on the inside and they're willing to help you out, you know, still try and get a resume to somebody on the inside, right? Yes. Not all companies allow that, but if the company does, it, it can be another great way to do it. But if you are going to do that, don't just hand your resume off to somebody and assume they're going to call you. Make sure you also go and apply on the online system because a lot of times companies, if you're not in the system, they won't talk to you, right? Yeah, and you're spot on. I was just speaking with my HR professional friend and um, they she was just griping about how her, one of her hiring managers 
went outside of their systems, their processes, and hired somebody and then told HR, hey, by the way, go do this. And they're like, we have nothing. Now we, our hands are tied. We don't know. Like we're, no, we don't like this. So yes, very much. If you do it on one side of the house, go to the other side of the house, the legitimate side of the house and do it the appropriate way. Um, Because it it could backfire on you if you're not. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't worked in HR or don't know somebody closely in HR, uh, HR tends to be a very process oriented field. Um, and so they have certain ways that they do things and they want to do it the same way every time. And if you try and go around those processes, then basically nothing happens, right? <laughs> so, you know, make sure you figure out what the right process is and, and follow that. Uh, and one way you can do that again is if they ask you to go apply on their website or something, just, just take the time to go do it. If you want a position at a company, you know, then they really take the time to do that. So, this kind of wraps up this episode of, you know, getting hired and talking about resumes. I hope this information was helpful. I know we covered a lot of ground here. We talked about what a resume was, what the format should be, you know, again, how long it should be one page. It should be one page. Uh, we talked about content and gave you some writing tips, we talked about cover letters and, and how to submit. So hopefully this information was helpful to you if you're going to apply for a job or if you're a hiring manager hopefully this information was helpful. And again, reach out to us on Facebook or on on our website and let us know what you think. Or if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Any final thoughts, Tara? You know, would you even be open to people sending us resumes to give a look at and get critique on? Because that could be interesting. Well, that, yeah, for the low, low price of forty nine ninety five a month. I want to see that six pager come through. That's what I want. I want to see that sucker. There, you know, when you get a, a long resume like that, you're just, you're just kind of... I need to know more about you. You deflated a little bit, I think. (laughs) But no, I think there's a lot of great information and I think it can be very useful. And it definitely would be great to hear some feedback from some of our listeners and and get their experiences with resumes. Yeah, we'd love to to hear your experiences and we'd love to have you as a supporter of the show. Uh, I can't forget about that. Um, So we do have Patreon and PayPal that you can donate to the show. Again, you know, we love doing this stuff, but it does cost us money. So help us defer the cost of that. And, and, uh, you know, if you donate enough, we can actually do some more cool things. So definitely, if you like what you hear, if you like the content, if you find it useful, if you go to bizandmayhem.com, that's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com. Uh, Click on any of the episodes, and at the bottom of every episode, we have a link where you can go join on Patreon. Uh, And in case you don't know, Patreon is just a way for you to donate a couple of bucks a month if you want. We have different levels, but the lowest level starts off at, you know, basically a a cup of coffee a month, basically expensive cup of coffee a month. Right. Uh, You know, so we'd love to have you as a supporter. We'd love to get your feedback on that. And, uh, and, and we'd love to keep doing this for you. That would be wonderful. Great. Fabulous. Get us. We want to work for ourselves. How about that? This we is do, how we do yeah. it. This, this is, this is one thing. But yeah. And, and we'd love to hear the ideas you want to hear for the show. Like, you know, the more, I think the more you donate, the more input you can have, not that you have control, but we will consider more from you. So a little bit of a, a little bit of an invite, a little bit of bait. Come, come join us. Come support us. I mean, we're not going to say if you don't donate a couple hundred dollars a month that we're not going to. That we won't do your every bidding? No, we're yeah. not going to say that. We will totally be at your beck and call for a couple hundred a month. Yeah. To, to a limit. Hold on. Bo may be listening. To a limit. All right. So this has been uh, episode 33 of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. And on this episode, again, we covered all things about resumes. Uh, and we are doing a series here. So the next episode that we're going to do is really going to roll into all about the interview 
uh, what to do to prepare for the interview, what to do while you're in the interview, and what to do after the interview. So I'm pretty excited about that. I think that'll be uh, really useful for a lot of people. And uh, really hope that, uh, that you find that information useful. So um, until next time, again, reach out to us on Facebook or on our website at bizandmayhem.com. And uh, at the bottom of any uh, page of our website there, the episode, there's a you know form that you can fill out to talk to us. Uh, there's also uh, Patreon buttons there where you can donate to the show, uh, help keep us on the air. We would love the heck out of that. But until next time, have fun in the mayhem. All right, you have some fun in the mayhem. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or have been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.